in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone. With me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Waka waka, it's me, Fozzie Bear. Hey, Art. <laughs> hey. Knock, knock. Who's there? Fozzie. It's me, Fozzie the Bear. I'm here doing the show. Just kidding, Art. That's me, Andy. Listen, and that's one of my classic Muppet impressions. Fozzie. Uh, no, Art, it's not really Fozzie the Bear. It's me. The Your act. You really got to bring it towards the... I mean, we got to put butts in those seats, buddy. I'm sorry. I might have to bump you, and I just... I don't... You know, you might have to lose your... You might have to lose your spot here. I know this means a lot to you, Fozzie, but boy, oh boy. You're really twisting my arms, man. You got you to gotta, you gotta up that act. Fozzie would be one of those comedians that you'd see all the time at open mics, but who never got any better. That's why he was on the Muppet show, right? Kermit would always be like, oh, geez, Fozzie, you really fucking suck. <laughs> but he would say it in a nice way. Wow, like, Fozzie, you, you're you suck shit. ass, dude. <laughs> Fozzie, you got ass juice dripping out of your mouth. Hey, Fozzie, you need a napkin for <laughs> that ass juice all over you? From how much you fucking suck, dude. <laughs> anyway, that's me, Kermit the Frog. Another classic Andy Muppet impression. Well, you know what? Speaking of um, asses where turds come from, today we are talking about um, what some consider, and by some I mean Andy and I, consider a space turd. Space turd. We're talking about Oumuamua, the first ever interstellar visitor from outside of our solar system, into our solar system. First ever. Recorded. Yeah. I mean, we don't, yeah. Came from outside of our solar system, mm -hmm. from parts unknown. We don't know. Into our solar system. And then as soon as it showed up, it also went away. This thing is an interstellar drifter. That's right. Um, it's passing through. And you know what? Uh, Bunk Funkers, if you're just passing through and you can't wait to get to... <laughs> That topic and all that research, um, of, co of course, as always, you can check out the show notes where you will find the timestamp uh, that will take you directly to when the research on Oumuamua begins. Because first, Andy and I need to update you on our lives in the bunker. On our lives in the bunker. the As the sands through the hourglass, these are the days of our lives in the bunker. Do, 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 do. So, Bunk Funkers, uh, Art and I, of course, are living life. Living large. Living large. As two daddies. Uh, we're raising, Dos daddy-os. And Espanol. 
we are raising our two sons together in a non-sexual relationship. That's right. Uh, our sons, of course, are our teenage Brotonic. undead Sasquatch son, Peon Musk, and our adult baby son, David Crosby. Um, and we're great daddies. Mm -hmm. We're hunky. We're smart. We're loving, good providers. And things don't always go our way, despite all of our positive qualities. Yeah. And it's just life. You know, life just wants to take you down a notch. Yeah. Life just wants to take you. We had a kind of a weird experience today. I would say so. A strange experience. Um, you know, uh, it was, look, I mean, we're pretty involved in our kids' lives, right? You know? I mean, I think we're model parents. Model parents. I mean, if you- I mean, I've never been on the cover of Vogue, but if you I look, could if I wanted to. You could to. be. If you looked up the word parent in the dictionary, there should be a picture of the two of us. We've submitted multiple headshots to all the Webster's, to uh, McCormick. What is that one? Yeah, McCormick. Uh, we've submitted them to thefreedictionary.com. Freedictionary.com. Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. Uh, we've submitted our headshots to um, Suck My Dictionary. The uh, Dictionary Folks. Uh, we've so to you rockets. should be finding pictures of us in a lot of different dictionaries. Right. This is what we're saying. Encyclopedia Britannica. Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, Wikipedia. Yep. So if you start looking up how to parent, a lot of parenting books in the future, you're going to see they start referencing us. Yeah. We're trying to get, we're trying to, we're trying to get people to move away from the most recognized name in parenting advice from being Leonard Nimoy to being Andy and Art. That's no right. more Dr. Spock. It's going right. to be Andy and Art. Right. So, we're pretty involved in our kids' lives, and <clears throat> that means staying on top of their their activities. Uh, we stay on top of their schedules. We have to know at all times what they're doing. Right. And if we're not sure at any one moment what they're doing, we have to find out immediately right. by either texting them or calling them or both, and then also calling the school multiple times. And they better respond within it. We have a 60-second SLA, mm -hmm. okay? And if we don't hear from them, we are going to send out an Amber Alert. Right. We immediately Sorry. We immediately call the police. We immediately uh, hack into all those billboards on the highway and put an alert for a missing child. And we send out our friend Amber. Yeah. She's a great friend. And she's we send her out and she's going to hunt down those kids. She's a bounty hunter. She's a bounty hunter. She's a part-time yeah. bounty hunter. And uh, we send out an Amber Alert. And, and we're saying, but the Amber Alert basically says, it says, Pian Musk, double baby David Crosby, if you don't respond, Amber is coming after you. That's the alert. And yeah, sure. People say, why do you let your baby out of your sight alone? Okay, look, you're not us. You don't get to tell us how to parent. <laughs> Listen, take notes. You don't, you don't show up on fucking Shark Tank and tell the sharks how to do business. They're there to tell you how to do business, baby. Right. right. Shark Tank is about you coming in and asking for advice. Just like... This podcast is about you submitting your parenting questions and us answering them. That's right. Why don't we get any parenting questions? I don't know. So we're very involved. I mean, it's very embarrassing for Peon Musk when he has to be uh, arrested by Amber, the bounty hunter at school because yeah. he didn't respond fast enough. But yeah. them's the breaks. You know is. the rules. That's how it is. And it's daddy's rules. And I don't care how much Sorry. the teachers protest and say he was taking a test. He was not allowed to have his phone. Right. I don't I don't want to hear it. I didn't I don't recall being informed that there was going to be a test. You know what? I don't care if adult baby David Crosby was at recess with the other kids and the phones weren't there. He's gonna get his arms zip tied behind his back, shoved into the back of a black 
suburban GMC and Amber's going to give him a cigarette and trying to bring him to Christ. Look, we don't care if adult baby David Crosby is accepting a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award and he's not looking at his phone. That's not an excuse. <laughs> when the daddies call, you answer. Yeah, so that's Parenting 101, That's baby. Parenting 101. So today we were aware that at Peon School, it was Career Day. Career Day. Career Day. And Art and I, look, we heard about Career Day. We finally decided we're ready to have careers. We'll give it a shot. So we've never been salarymen. Yeah. Sorry. I was a celery man once (laughs) when I worked for Big Celery. I would dress up like a celery and go out on the street and hand out stalks of celery. That's right. And, um, and there was no salary. No, I was paid in celery. And so I would take it to local farmers markets and I had to earn my keep. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I mean, but we've never been corporate America kind of guys. No. We're not career guys, you know, or academics of any kind. We're, I mean, we're just free-floating daddies. You can't cage us in. Yeah, we're free-balling daddies out here. Yeah, we're free-balling daddies. Free-balling daddies. And so, like but two fucking, you know what? Uh, you know what? You know what we're a lot alike, and, and, and not enough people are saying this. Yeah. We are like Siegfried and Roy's tigers. Wow. Because we'll That's work with true. you for a long, long time, Siegfried and Roy. I mean, we'll work with you. But the minute you fuck up, guess what? I'm going for your neck. Yeah. I'm going to bite you in the fucking jugular. We are tigers. Drag you 13 to 14 feet and ruin your Vegas show forever. We are tigers, not sheep. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful tigers. Beautiful tigers. Um, You know, luscious coats. Yeah. But hey, fur. but we have claws. So these tigers have and fangs. sharp claws, biting teeth. And though we are solitary creatures. That's right. And we seem like large cats. We can bite your arm off. Will don't ever don't ever disrespect us. Don't disrespect the daddies. And that's that's a message to all the employers. And that's how I like how we approach a lot of job offers. This is when we go into an interview, we always lead off with, look, you're interviewing me. I'm interviewing you. Yeah. I don't need this job. Let's flip the fucking script. Where's your resume? Yeah, show me your resume. Who the fuck do you think you are that you can ask me any questions about my life? I'll answer to the CEO, but who the fuck are you? You are the CEO? Good. Then I guess I'm in the right place. Take off your shirt. (laughs) We're going to (laughs) wrestle. Yeah. And that's how job interviews should be conducted. So, yeah. Needless to say, we were prepared for career fair. Right. We were ready. It's time for us to go straight, get a job. Um, so we go to the career day at Peon school to hear, hear what the people have to say. Maybe we'll yeah. find a good career we didn't know about. That's right. You know? Um, so, and, and they were all pretty good. I mean, you know, there was firefighter. Yeah. Uh, police officer. Yeah. Uh, an EMT. Yeah. Uh, there was a stockbroker. Yeah. You know, a chef. Chef, you know. There was an auto mechanic. Auto mechanic, you know. There's a there, it's accountant. Accountant. Uh, uh, you know. There was a, uh, you know, uh, an administrative assistant. There was a cashier. There's a salesman. Yeah, pharmaceutical salesman. Yeah. Stock boy at a grocery store. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a man who owned a cardboard box company. Right. Nothing. Um. You know. Yeah, used car dealer. Yeah, um, there was a boat salesperson. 
Um, they had uh, it was an architect, architect servers at a restaurant. Uh, they had a whole series on that. Um, people who worked picking fruit at a farm. There was um, somebody who who had a, a small like egg laying operation, a small number of chickens that they raised. Um, there was a race car driver. Um, Bian goes to a big school. Yeah, it's a lot of kids, a lot of a lot of parents. Um, former President Obama was there. <laughs> so there was a lot of careers. Yep. Um, but then there was this one guy who was a real weirdo. Oh yeah, real off-putting fella. Mm-mm. Uh, Left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. He got too close. Close enough we could taste him. And it was not pleasant. No. This guy's name was like uh Mr. Mr. Blinker or something. Mr. Mr. Blucher? I don't know what it was. Bonker? Bonker? Well, they should have called him Mr. Bonkers, because this guy was a nut. Oh. Mr. Bonkers was right. Jesus Louise, you fucking roasted his ass. This guy, this guy gets up there and he's just ranting instantly about how his career is opening people's eyes to the truth. And that we, as in me and Art, are his uh, tools of communication Jeez. to the masses. And how he's controlling us, even though we don't understand it because we're too stupid. Gotta feel bad for that guy's kids. You gotta feel bad for him. Because this guy is cuckoo. A little off <laughs> his rocker. I mean, I don't know who Mr. Blinker's kids are there at the school. But I've, you know... They're hearing about that in the lunchroom afterward. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing. I might actually go to the uh, school registrar's office and try and find their files. That's a good idea. Because I know they leave a spare key under the rug, so I can get in there. We should dox these children. (laughs) Well, for peon's safety, I don't want him making friends with these kids. Right, right. We gotta, yeah, yeah. There's, There's something going on in that house. So this guy just ranting about, we are his mouthpiece. We're, we're so stupid. We don't even realize that he's been controlling us this whole time. Yeah, two comedian skeptics and need to prove all this stuff about paranormal blah, stuff, blah 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 blah, 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 blah. I don't get it. Whatever. So, you know, whatever. I don't know that we found our new careers at this thing because, I mean, frankly. None of these careers were badass enough Frankly, none of these careers really captured our spirit, no. which is immense and powerful. Um, And this Mr. Bonkers guy, he was just really disgusting. So, I mean, we left the school. And it was just like, we came back here and we were just like, we have to record. Yeah. It was just like, you know, I don't know. I just felt so compelled. Yeah. There was just, uh, you know, it was just sort of like a, uh, it was like, you know, something of a, of a, of, of just kind of a thing where it's like, you know, your body doesn't necessarily want to do that, but your mind is telling you that you need to do that. Right. Like an itch. Like a sixth sense kind of a deal. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, we're here in the bunker. I guess we're going to record now, but I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't find a career there that was pretty badass, you know? No, no. I didn't see anything like experimental pilot of a badass fucking like blimp or like a wienermobile that flies. Um, I didn't see anything like that at this career fair that would definitely fit me. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see Tony Hawk there. I mean, professional skateboarder, that's a career I would love to have. They didn't have any, like, uh, pyrotechnics there. Nope. There was nobody no pyrotechnics that works with operators. fire exclusively. 
Um, there were no uh, heavy equipment operators. Mm-mm. Um, nobody who because I would obviously I would love to to drive a dump truck for a living. I mean, hello. Yeah. I mean, I want to be like the guy, the guy with the dump truck driving a dump truck. I got a, I got a Pixar mom's rear end, baby. I'm driving a dump truck. I want to be the guy that drives the excavator, but does like tricks with the excavator. Like, oh, excavator tricks are so badass. Yeah, bump and grind and do like a fucking ollie three sixty, fucking kickflip off those things. The scoop and shoot, scoop and shoot, scoop and score, a scoop and score. Yeah, where were the football players? Professional football player. I don't know. Shocking number, shockingly low percentage of professional athletes at this. At this career day. Yeah. Those are the cool careers. Why would I want one of these boring careers? Oh. Like, they had a chef. Uh, excuse me, get a celebrity chef. I don't yeah. want to be a chef. I want to be a celebrity Where's chef. Where's Emeril Lagasse? Yeah. Bam. Bam. Kick it up a notch. Where's Giada De Laurentiis? <laughs> yeah. Where's, Where's fucking Bobby, Bobby Flay? Flay? They were probably fucking each other, and that's why they couldn't be there. They were in Italy banging. Yeah. That's that's the life of celebrity chef. That's the life of a celebrity chef. You bang. And those are pretty much the only careers we'll ever consider. Yeah. That's the list. And yeah. we learned nothing about any of those careers today. It was a real, real, real failed attempt at by the school. I mean, I'll just be honest. Between us two daddies and you bung funkers, Pian school sucks ass, dude. Yeah. Just another... Just another attempt by them to like set up these kids for, you know, like disappointment in their lives when they should be trying to empower them to do what they want. Yeah. Instead, oh no, here's your list of careers. Well, it's not every career. They keep telling you to dream big, but it's like, hello, I'm dreaming as big as possible. I want to be a guy who flies a biplane and does crop dusting. I want to be the guy who's known for crop dust. I want to MacGyver stuff. Yeah. I want people to come to me with problems and then I solve them with household tools and items. Right. Why can't I do that for a living? You can do it for a living. Well, but they didn't have anybody. They didn't have MacGyver there. So anyway, that's school. So we're going to, you know, we're here to, uh, we're here to uh, record an episode about it. Yeah. For no other reason other than it's just something that innately we felt we, we had have to, to do. do. Yeah. Because I don't I can't see of any other reason why we came here voluntarily and did this. No. It's just because we have it within us and that's right. That's all it is. Because we're freaking think we're free thinkers. We're free thinkers. We're free stinkers. Mm-hmm. Um and And hey, speaking of stinkers, today's topic space is turd. a big old fucking space turd. Space turd. Um uh, that lots of people I think is gonna catch on. Uh, I think the science community and the astronomers and the eggheads at large are really going to catch on to calling Oumuamua a space turd. We hope so. We hope so. But this is actually a very interesting topic for all you space freaks out there because... Space freaks, you're going to love this one. This really, it's the first interstellar visitor ever recorded. And it happened not too long ago, 2017. It's a big deal. And since then, we've had one more. And then who knows, maybe in the future, we'll have even more. What is this thing? Is it a giant space rock piece of an ex- exoplanet or alien spaceship? Maybe our maybe our solar system is the new hotspot in the galaxy. So um, let's find out, Bunk Bunkers. This is Oumuamua, the first interstellar visitor here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. Space turd. Oh, yeah. Thank you.
Funkers, every day we interact with so many other humans. Our entire day is filled with stimulation and interaction. I mean, we have our phones, which connect us to basically anywhere in the world at any time. But, cosmically speaking, we're relatively alone. Aww. Our poor little planet Earth has never truly had any bona fide interstellar visitors. The Earth has never had a new friend. For millions of years, it's the same doldrum rotations around the sun, saying hi to the moon, occasionally Mars and Venus too. That was until Oumuamua burst through the coop of your belt like a bat out of hell. Like meatloaf. Bat out of hell. And much like meatloaf, it was very shiny. But just what was this tumbling interloper, Andy? Interstellar <laughs> comet? Cosmic iceberg? Alien space wreck? Oumuamua was the first known interstellar object to visit our solar system. That is, an object which originated from way beyond our solar system. On October 20th, 2017, Robert Warrick, a Canadian astronomer doing his PhD at the University of Hawaii, where part of his postdoc research was monitoring images taken by the Pan-STARRS-1 telescope, which is funded by NASA's Near-Earth Object Observations, or NEOO, program, which finds and tracks asteroids and comets in Earth's neighborhood. When Warwick first discovered Oumuamua in Pan-STARRS images, it was captured in a very faint 45-second window. Warwick at first thought it was just another lousy asteroid, but after comparing these images with ones taken on the 19th, they knew they were onto something new. And dope. Dope, but strange. Ooh. Because Oumuamua didn't behave like anything any egghead astronomers had ever seen before. Now, Omomo was officially cataloged as 1I slash 2017UI. You won, excuse me. 1I slash 2017UI. I standing for interstellar by the International, International Astronomical Union, the IAU, which is, you know, responsible for granting official names to bodies in the solar system and beyond. But Panstar's team, you know, thought that that, Fucking sucked. So they named it Oumuamua, which is Hawaiian for a messenger from afar arriving first. And it's much more fun to say, let's be honest. Yeah, way better. Now, to give an idea of why Oumuamua is so special and why it's so significant, let's talk about some of the observations that Work's team made when they first discovered it. First of all, this thing was blazing fast. Oumuamua was traveling, get this, Bunk Funkers, at 196 thousand miles per hour that is 87.3 kilometers per second to give you an idea of how friggin fast that is our satellites voyager 1 and voyager 2 barely break 17 kilometers per second still ain't fast enough for chuck fucking jaeger <laughs> oh chuck fucking jaeger would have left omuamua in his friggin dust and yeah in that scenario i do mean that Chuck fucking Jaeger is a cosmic entity crop dusting the void of space at incredible speeds. Oh, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> Aroo! <laughs> Another Oumuamua oddity is its flight path. That's right. One of the initial observations of Oumuamua was that it didn't behave like a normal comet. It had a hyperbolic orbit. When Oumuamua entered our solar system, it didn't take a normal path like a comet either under the sun's gravity. Comets normally move in elliptical orbit. 
Their orbits are measured in eccentricities, which is essentially how stretched out the radius of the orbit is. Eccentricities close to zero are nearly perfect circles. For example, the Earth is the Earth's is 0.0167. Halley's comet is 0.967. Oumuamua's is 1.2 and has an unbound hyperbolic path, which basically means it has enough velocity to escape the gravitational pull of the sun. Think of a classic planetary model, Bunkfunkers. The planets are all circling the sun. Oumuamua was like a freaking bullet being shot out of a gun that was being shot out of a slingshot, shot out of a cannon, straight for the sun. It got within 0.16 AU, uh, which is astronomical units, near the sun. For reference, 1 AU is the distance between us and the sun. This is kind of a visual thing. You might have to look it up. But basically, it shot itself straight towards our sun, flung around it, and then shot itself straight out of our solar system. And that simply doesn't happen. The sun's thick gravitational pull keeps those hot little celestial bods circling back. They, they, they come towards the gravity, circle out, and then circle back in. Uh, for, you know, most, you know, most comets get trapped by the sun's pull, and that's why we see them every, whatever, X amount of years. The third observation on Oumuamua was its strange shape. As Oumuamua retreated away from our solar system, the light it reflected grew and dimmed which meant that it was spinning. Not in a spiral like a football, but end over end. Tumbling, rather. And it spins on its axis every 7.3 hours. Now, using the data collected from the growth and the snuffing of the light off of Oumuamua's little, uh, end, r- little burnt end tips, um, we can roughly estimate the size to be potentially up to one quarter mile or 400 meters long and highly elongated perhaps 10 meters 10 or 10 times as long as it was wide uh, until you know until then the next strangest aspect ratio ever seen on a solar object was only three times as long um Oumuamua is also unique in that it is the weirdest shape ever recorded on an interstellar object join the club <laughs> hypotheses on Oumuamua's shape have it appear to be a rocky cigar-shaped object with a somewhat reddish hue. Let's be real. This thing looks like a giant fucking turd flying through space. They should have called it Opuapua. Andy, that's... that's <laughs> Egghead after egghead. They all refuse to say it. This thing looks like a turd, and I'm sick of people denying this. No one is talking about it. Bunkfuckers, Andy is visibly shaking at this. I'm literally shaking right now. Fuck! Jesus Christ. Bugbuggers, I'm going to let Andy cool off a bit here. He's like a Cleveland steamer over here. Fired up. Now, we can't underestimate how unique Oumuamua is for our solar system. No known asteroid or comet from our solar system varies so widely in brightness. And with such a large ratio between length and width, no comet or asteroid seen by us, at least. Now, some astronomers have suggested that it could actually be shaped like a pancake or even... A cow chip. Yes! That's what I'm talking about! Thank you! Fuck, was that so hard, eggheads? Cow chips are turds. <sighs> now, by the time we had discovered Oumuamua, it had already passed Earth, and we basically only had from late October to January before we would lose sight of it completely. But when Oumuamua was on the way out of the f- solar system, it's, it sped up. 
Comets often act this way as they are given a kick from jets of evaporating gas on their surfaces, a phenomenon called outgassing, which classically gives comets their tail. But Oumuamua had no tail. So what was propelling it at such great speeds? Well, we'll speculate on that when we talk about Oumuamua theories. However, as estimated on January 2018, Oumuamua passed the orbit of Jupiter and we can no longer see it. <gasps> hey, Andy, what's what's wrong? Why, why are you crying? It's no, nothing. It's nothing. Just... I just hate flushing them turds down the turlet. And... I love them turds. <sighs> I'm okay. I'm okay. I can do this. <sighs> I can do this. Anywho, <laughs> it's estimated that by the end of 2021, Umumu will just be passing Neptune and by 2025 should be outside the Kuiper belt. So just what the heck was this little orphan Umumu? Floating out there in space, checking us out like a deer in the forest before darting away. Eggheads have a lot of theories, but none have ever been conclusively proven. First and foremost, astronomers believe it was just a space rock flung here from a distant solar system. Perhaps by a giant space monkey flinging space turds? Maybe? Okay. I added that last part. <laughs> But Oumuamua could have picked up its incredible speed basically uh, by basically being slingshotted around between various astronomical bodies in other solar systems before beelining into ours and back. They describe it as some kind of a sola lapis, which is egghead Latin for lonely rock, an inferior version to my native tongue, pig Latin. Incoe, incoe. Observations of Oumuamua suggest that the object may have come from a vast population of floating debris way out in interstellar space, wandering through the Milky Way, unattached to any star system, for hundreds of millions of years before its chance encounter with our solar system. Splintering off that idea is the idea that Oumuamua came from the wreckage of a planet blown up by a decaying star. And akin to that is the, is the research from two astronomers from Arizona State University, Alan Jackson and Stephen Desch who believe Oumuamua may have been a piece of a, quote, Pluto-like planet in another solar system broken off after a collision with an asteroid. And I mean, this is a pretty reasonable level-headed take. However, we don't have any research to truly know if exo-Pluto or Pluto-like planets exist in other solar systems. And also whether there are eggheads in those solar systems who demote poor Pluto from a regular planet to just some kind of dwarf planet that doesn't even matter, though we all grew up loving Pluto and building fun solar system dioramas that included Pluto. Ooh, this is our heated topic. Jeez. <clears throat> now, this next theory will put you on ice, bunk funkers. What if Oumuamua was a primordial iceberg. Ooh. Dr. Laughlin of Yale and his student, Daryl Seligman at the University of Chicago, suggested that Oumuamua was a primordial iceberg of hydrogen that had formed in the dark, cold center of a molecular cloud, one of the vast assemblages of primordial gas that give rise to stars. Coincidentally, that's also where my ex-wife Sheila's heart was formed. Jesus, Andy, you gotta let it go, dude. No, Art. Sheila broke my heart and stabbed me in the front where my heart is. You're just mad because she threw out your bionicles. Months of work. Months. Art. 
trying to figure out these instructions, putting together all my Bionicle collections. For what? Well, guess what, Sheila? Mess with my Bionicles, you mess with my heart. That's why we're divorced. I mean... Anyway... Oumuamua could be a dense hydrogen ice rock colder than Sheila's heart. The problem was, how could hydrogen, which freezes at a temperature around 3 degrees Kelvin, barely above absolute zero, stay frozen on the long trip from its birth to here? Well, this got Jackson and Dench from earlier thinking. Not hydrogen, but nitrogen. While we've never seen examples of nitrogen icebergs here on Earth, the New Horizons spacecraft, which went past Pluto in 2015, discovered a planet full of nitrogen glaciers. Ooh, nitrogen glacier. Such a good Gatorade Frost flavor. Oh, so tasty. Oh. Mm. Mm. Now, according to Jackson and Dench, <laughs> Oumuamua was a, uh, a small... Uh, Oumuamua was small, about half as long as a city block, and only as thick as a three-story building. But it was very shiny. The shininess is about the same as the surfaces of Pluto and Triton, which are also covered in nitrogen ice. End quote. Trigen, or tri Triton is a, a moon of Neptune. So it looks very similar to their kind of theory of this Pluto-like planet. But So in their model, Oumuamua was knocked from a Pluto-like Pluto planet object that was circling a distant star some half a billion years ago. It would have originally been roundish, but as it traveled through space... It was carved away by cosmic rays. By that the time, blah. what was that? Deborah, I just want to go out. Oh, cosmic ray Romano is here. Oh, jeez. Hey, Ray, it's me, your brother. I'm Galaxy Giver. Putting on the Ritz. <laughs> And that is everybody loves Cosmic Ray Romano. Uh, by, the <laughs> by the time it entered our solar system in 1995 or so, which is pretty incredible, it entered our solar system in 1995 and it only got to here in uh, 2017. The solar, si well, solar system's so big, it's much huge. bigger than we give it credit for. But by the time it entered here, it had lost half its original mass. During its passage around the sun, it likely melted to a sliver, like a bar of soap in the shower. Don't drop it. Only 10% would have remained by the time it left the solar system, boosted by a rocket-like effect of evaporating nitrogen, which also helps explain what propels Oumuamua's tailless comic flight. Oumuamua is blasting friggin' nitro boosters like Need for Speed, baby, listening to some Sum 41. Why am I still waiting for a moo-moo to come back? Fucking badass. Badass space turd, baby. Chugging some Mountain Dew and blasting friggin' nitro. Oh, baby. Woo! Oumuamua is having up for a great sleepover. And finally, Oumuamua could be... Extraterrestrial? What? Champion of the Oumuamua is an extraterrestrial something or other. <laughs> Champion of the Oumuamua is an extraterrestrial something or other. There you go. Is <laughs> Avi Loeb, an astronomer at Harvard. It's a sentence that makes sense. It's, it makes sense. I could have used more punctuation to make it more clear, but 
I got it eventually. Well, we'll let the bunk fucker writers know next time. Yeah, and not just like some astronomer at Harvard, Avi Loeb. No, uh, Loeb is the longest tenured chair of the astronomy department and founder of a bunch of other departments and initiatives at Harvard. Basically, he's like an egghead king, king of the eggheads. This guy's a real deal guy, a real king egghead space freak. That's right. We're talking about here. He published a book called Extraterrestrial, The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth, arguing that Oumuamua was an alien space vessel of some kind and scolding the astronomical community for not thinking more outside the box about extra extraterrestrial life. He believes that Oumuamua is powered by a light sail. A light or solar sail functions very similar to how regular ship sails do on Earth, but instead of catching wind, they catch light. Thing is, they have to be extremely thin to work because the pressure of sunlight on the surface of an object is incredibly light. <laughs> it's light. I don't get it. Uh, but I mean, a Harvard astrophysicist guess is as good as any, right? I guess so. Furthermore, the tumbling motion of Oumuamua could potentially have been meant to scan signals from all viewing directions. Prior to Oumuamua's arrival, another craft could have arrived in our solar system before pan stars was even a thing and released small probes into our atmosphere without ever being noticed. Along this line, Oumuamua could have arranged to appear as coming from the neutral local standard of rest, which is way too complicated for non-eggheads like us to understand, but essentially it's defined as the measurement of all stars relative to a point in space moving on a perfectly circular orbit around the center of the galaxy at the sun's galactocentric distance. Anyone have any clue what the fuck that means? Not me. I mean, well, Avi Loeb does, and basically we just have to take his and other egghead words for it. It's a thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. It basically means we wouldn't know Oumuamua's origin. It, it, its origin is disguised to us. That's what that coming from the local standard of rest means. Yeah. I don't know. But this begs the question as to whether Oumuamua was sent here by accident or deliberately. Perhaps all Avi Loeb really aims to do is to encourage the UAP discussion. I mean, after all, the night sky is not classified, people. You can look up at its bulging lights and expansive assets all night long. And take as many photos as you want. <laughs> so look up there and see if you find anything weird. I mean, we'll talk about it, but, you know, you, you, yourself, Bunk Funkers, you can look up in the skies and find something weird. And, and maybe it is an alien spacecraft. We don't know. Abby Loeb just says, stay open to the possibilities. Consider everything. Yeah. Don't, don't close yourself down. I mean, keep an open mind about things. There you go. You're outside, you're looking at the stars, you're snapping a few photos. Just let what happens happen. <laughs> That's what Avi Loeb is saying. That's what he's saying. Well, bugfuckers, what does the future hold for Oumuamua? Oumuamua remains only one of two interstellar objects ever discovered within our solar system. And we'll talk about the second one here. Briefly, this was, this was 2I slash Borisov. Uh, a rogue comet from outside of our solar system discovered in August 2019 by amateur astronomer and telescope maker and enthusiast. This guy was, is not a some egghead working for pan stars. This is an amateur guy who discovered the second interstellar object, which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, this He's, is just some hot amateur out there snapping pics, making spyglass technology. Uh, his name was uh, Gennady Borisov. Um, or yeah, Gen Gennady Borisov. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, but hey, congrats on discovering 
2i Borisov. Uh, hey, and a fun fact about 2i Borisov, the comet's tail of that thing, 14, 14 times the size of Earth. Think about that, bunk bunkers. Mind blown. Big tail. It's a big tail. But in late 2022, the Large Synaptic Survey Telescope in Chile is going to conduct a 10-year survey of our night sky. And these telescopes are way more powerful than Panstar 1. So, this begs the question, is Oumuamua really that special? Or is it simply some common solar object that we just haven't discovered yet? I mean, look forward to some of the fascinating updates on that, Bunkfunkers, but we can't answer such questions. But what we can leave you with is this scene from an Andy and Art anime theater production. Uh, This is a classic, Space Turd Bebop. And we hope it inspires you. Where are you going? Why are you going? You told me once to forget the past because it doesn't matter. But you're the one still tied to the past, Umomua. Look at my ice, Andy. Some of it is fake because space is so cold. Since then, I've been propelled by the past while aware of the present. Never the whole picture. You never told me anything about yourself. So don't tell me now. And now you're leaving just like that? Why do you have to go? Where are you going? What are you going to do? Just throw your life away like it was nothing? I'm not going there to die. I'm going to find out if I'm really alive. I have to do it, Andy. Bang. See you, space turd. Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Hey, welcome back, Bunk Bunkers. That was our research of Oumuamua, the first recorded interstellar visitor. 
Welcome. Welcome, Oumuamua, if you're listening. <laughs> we know you are Although out there. It's much later in the future. Getting quite close to Pluto. Are you going to yeah. be making a little rest stop? You're going to be... Or Neptune, sorry. You're going to be stopping off at Neptune and checking out its steely blue ball. God damn. I mean, you said it kind of in the script here, Andy, but our solar system, I think we forget the scale of it. It's fucking unbelievable. We are pretty... Goddamn close to the sun on yeah. Earth compared to something like Pluto. Pluto is so fucking far away from the sun. It's, it's incredible. And then there's stuff that's part of the solar system in orbit around our sun even further than Pluto. Right? The Kuiper Belt. The Kuiper Belt. It's kind of the edge of our solar system. Yeah. It's a giant belt of rocks. It's like, right? The amount of gravity the sun has is incredible. Yeah. Sun's huge. Yeah, sun's huge. I mean, you have to think about how big, like, we can see it from our planet. And think about how far away we are from that. And, like, it's like we can still see it with our naked eyes. We can see it. It's incredible. It's so bright here with our naked eye, you can't even look at it directly. (laughs) Well, unless you're me. We have to protect ourselves from it. Because the sun is malevolent. And it wants to kill us. (laughs) People give the sun so much credit for giving life here. And it does. But... The sun giveth, the sun taketh away. The sun is malevolent. Well, some the people, sun only gives us life so it can steal it from us. And some of our gamers out there, they know that uh, you got to praise the sun. Andy is staring at me with his dead shark eyes. He doesn't get the reference. Nope. Uh, Andy doesn't have a soul. Doesn't have a demon soul. Doesn't have a dark soul. Nope. Um, I mean, I was born without one. And then they found one. I had it surgically removed. Even if you're not an astronomer, I mean, this thing is pretty fucking incredible. It's incredible. Don't you it think? Is. It's amazing. It's pretty interesting. And and it happened so recently. Yeah. This is literally like this could be an alien. Could have been. Could have been an alien probe. Isn't it crazy to think that this thing came into our solar system in 1995? I, that fucking blows my mind. It took so long. It like entered, they, they estimated that it entered the Kuiper belt in like 18 something. Wow. And like, that's how long it's been. Tra- and it's think about how fast it's traveling. 196. Wait, what was it? 196,000 miles per hour. Yeah. I mean, that's when it was leaving the sun. So it likely had like a boost. Yeah. It ricocheted around the sun. Yeah. Just tumbling. Yeah. And we don't even know because by the time we discovered it, it had already passed us. Yeah. It was, it had it passed us and it was like headed on its way out. You know what's that gr- incredible? You know what's great about Omomo? It's shape. Everything, but primarily, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Nobody knows anything. Like, no. it's just another one of these moments where everybody goes like, there's a lot of stuff we don't fucking know. No. And we can't explain this. And that's we, pretty cool. We might not find out for a long time. Yeah. I mean, if we start taking photos with the uh, LCC, whatever it is in mm-hmm. Chile next year, and we start saying like, oh shit, there's a fuck ton of these out there. Right. Because we, you know, we have comets. We have asteroids, and we know what those are. We see them all the time. Right. There's tons of them. Um, they have tails. They function a certain way. Nobody knows what the... This thing is, like, so fucking weird to everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't fit the profile of a comet. It doesn't fit the profile of an asteroid. No. And, um, but we might, we might start taking photos with that new thing and be like, oh, shit, there's a fuck ton of them out there. Yeah. We just didn't realize it. These are the kind of things that are really hard to spot. Stuff that comes from way far away that we don't just have like easily visible to us. Right. 
So if it, you know, stuff like that, it, there's a lot we don't know because we can't see it because we aren't that close to anything. I mean, it's just incredible too the 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 mass and the size and the speed of this thing. Like we we just talked about how big the fucking sun is. So yeah. It's massive. The gravitational pull of the sun is incredible. Yeah. But this thing was going so strong and so fast that it went straight towards the sun, but then basically shot itself out. It still had enough oomph to get out of the sun's gravitational pull. Yeah. And same with Borisov. Borisov is even, might even be more impressive because it didn't get as close to the sun, but Borisov went straight towards the sun and then out the other end. Whereas Oumuamua went towards the sun and then basically made a giant U-turn. Right. Shot itself basically back where it came from. Whereas Borisov is just going straight through, baby. Yeah. I got no time to do a loop. <laughs> Fuck your loops. I got business. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's one of the good things is that with um, advances in technology and stuff, we'll probably be able to see more things like this and and then start to get a better picture of what interstellar space is really like. It it feels more real to the UAP and alien phenomenon than I think anything ever. Yeah. In a way, it's like, yeah, it could be alien. Yeah. I don't know if we're going to know. Yeah. No, you can't fucking say for certain. It's not because... There's no way we barely discovered it on a fluke. Right. This giant fucking thing. This thing is this thing is the size of like a city block. It's huge. Quarter mile long. It's massive. There's no there's no way they could know tumbling through space. Yeah. They know nothing about it. And they just barely caught it for a couple months. Yeah. (laughs) Because it has some lights on the end. I mean, the thing is, like, you think about how much sky there is. And how much stuff then is in that sky. Yeah. The ability to spot something like that is incredible. It, it it lends so much credence to the UAP thing that like, it's like, yeah, like, I mean, something could have come here before Panstars ever existed, left a probe that we wouldn't see. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Well, that's the thing. And then they're like, oh, let's send a bigger, let's send a different thing later. And then they sent it and it took, it took a long time to get here. Yeah. It's not some crazy, like, Showed up through a wormhole. It took hundreds of years to get here. An appropriate amount of time. We're sending Voyager and and the whatever the thing that passed Pluto was mm-hmm. uh, out to the skies. Maybe it's the similar deal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know, um, I think too, it's like if something like this, you know, if it is extraterrestrial. Yeah. I mean, it is extraterrestrial. It's obviously not originated on Earth, but... You know, if it's if it's intelligent craft or something, if something like that came close to Earth, like we would probably notice it at this point, right? You would hope so, because there's so much, so much junk around the Earth. Like if it got really close to Earth, we would probably notice it, right? But something like this that's just passing through, like yeah. that's you know, if we step away from our like human ego for a minute and assume that all yeah. extraterrestrial intelligent life would want to know about us and not just like want to know about our solar system more broadly. Right. Like, would we notice? We probably wouldn't. I don't know, Andy. It'd be tough. I mean, unless there was some tell if they're flying, like, you know, they're, they're hunt for red October. And if they're like (laughs) deep and silent, like, would we even notice? Would we even notice? I don't know. We probably wouldn't. I mean, 
Andy, I wish I could. Uh... You wish you could disagree with me? Oh, uh, hang on, Andy. I'm. Uh... What? My. Uh... My bunker phone is uh, ringing. Okay, you can go ahead and take it. It's a well, it's an unknown number. Is this going to take long? I, I'm are not, we? Are we almost done? Because I really have diarrhea. I'm going to have to go have diarrhea. I had a bunch of vegetables for lunch. And I don't know I, how long this is going to take. And Andy. then I had a birthday cake made entirely of meat, like cold cuts. Yeah. And it had like a mayonnaise frosting on it. A birthday cake. Yeah. I don't, I mean, Andy, I don't know if I should pick up this number. I don't know what this number is. So. I mean, pick it up and talk to whoever, and I'm going to go have diarrhea. All right. All right. Fine. Okay. Here we go. Uh, hello. Hi. This is David Childress. Oh, my goodness. David Childress, the famous, famous, famous author, commentator, television star, <laughs> researcher, intellect. Wow. Archaeologist, paleontologist. Quite an intro, Mr. Childress. Ancient astronaut hypothesizer. Are you done? Publisher. <laughs> David Childress. <laughs> okay, I'm aware of who you are. Wow. Thank you. Uh, thank you for calling into the bunker. I, I don't know how you got our number. I have my ways. I... Heard you were talking about Oumuamua. That's right. We're talking about Oumuamua, the uh, first interstellar uh, object ever discovered in our solar system. We've been calling it a space turd. Wow. I coined that phrase. Um, you did. I'll need you to remit your royalties from uh, calling it a space turd. No, no, to... no. Mm. Come on, David Childress. We're not playing that game. You don't uh, want to play hardball with me and my co-host Andy, who is having diarrhea right now. And he can't be here. But he would would be very honored that you're calling in and would have loved to talk to you. Um, have you considered that I will send a team of attorneys who are also in the mafia to your bunker and they'll break your bones? And when researchers come and dig up the bunker years later and they find your battered body. Oh, geez. They'll assume there was some sort of genetic modification because your bodies are going to be in such a terrible shape and unhuman-like. You can send Cosa Nostra Esquire our way any single day you want. We're not scared of your threats. We have an undead teenage Sasquatch. Why did you fucking... Did you just call us to fucking threaten us, David Childress? Well, most of my phone calls are threats. I did call to talk about the topic of Oumuamua. <laughs> Let's talk about the topic. 95% I mean, of my phone calls are me calling people and threatening them. <laughs> and of course you want to but talk about... But this is one time when I'll combine business with pleasure. <laughs> now, here's the thing though. Here's the thing though, David Childress. Here's what I want to know. Uh-huh. You're famous for saying Lake Titicaca, and this is also a story about a space turd. What's the deal? You a poop freak? I'm not saying that I need to have somebody take a dump on me in order for me to calm, but I'm also not saying that it doesn't help. <laughs> or, have you ever tried to have someone take a dump on you God before damn you it. climax? God damn it. No, you're it's not. It's some kind of great experience. You are not going to sucralose this fucking podcast. He's always calling in, making sexual, trying to get us to do sexual stuff. 
I'm not asking you if you'll come shit on my chest. Although, if you're down for it, I will give you my address. David Childress, what do you think about Oumuamua? We want to know. Is it aliens? I think there's no doubt that it's extraterrestrial in origin, uh, and that it is some type of craft created by an intelligent extraterrestrial race. Okay. When you consider the strange shape and the strange properties of the Oumuamua object, you can only be led to conclude that this is, in fact, a flesh and blood extraterrestrial craft. Flesh and blood? It's made of flesh and blood. Wow, so that's why you think it has the reddish hue. It's a reddish hue because it's made of extraterrestrial flesh. Wow. So it's not a space turd? Not in the traditional sense. Not in the sense that I took a shit in space and it froze. I took a quarter mile long shit in space. God, what did you eat, David Childress? (laughs) I was eating a birthday cake made of meat. (laughs) All right. So clearly you attended a fucked up birthday with my co-host, your co-host, Andy, and you both ate a birthday cake made of meat. He'll do poop stuff. (laughs) He'll play ball. (laughs) Well, you can get half this podcast, but you're not getting the full hundy. Um, so you're pretty much convinced that this is an alien craft whatsoever. I mean, consider the evidence art, the, there, there is no out, art. There is no outgassing tail. That's right. It's not a classic comet. There's no outgassing. There's no evidence that it's a comet. Asteroids are more of a collection of rocks loosely held together by gravity. This appears more to be one solid object. Yeah. So we can only conclude that. This is some type of extraterrestrial vehicle. I mean, David Childress, as much as I want to disagree with you based on your rabid poop, uh, you know, your your rabid uh, trying to get me into shit play with you, uh, I, I can't disagree with you on this point because I, I mean, you cannot disprove that this is not a UAP or some kind of uh, extraterrestrial craft. We have a top astronomer at Harvard saying. This is possibly an extraterrestrial craft. Very true. That's a true statement. I mean, Ari, Ari, Avi, Avi Loeb is as, as credible as they come. This is not some kind of fringe idea at this point. This is emanating from the utmost scientific corridors. And still, though, a lot of the scientific community is turned off by what Loeb is saying. I think it's just more proof that the scientific community is aggressive toward things that don't support their worldview. Wow. Scientists need to take a step back and consider every possibility. On this point, we've got to agree with Loeb that there's more to this story than meets the eye. We can't discount something we can't disprove. Wow. David Childress, uh, you're fucked up, but uh, you make a good point, and uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about here while you while you have the whole bunker audience captivated by your presence? I'd just like to say that if you have some kind of a shit-type OnlyFans, I would be willing to subscribe. Uh, now, Bunk Bunkers, at the time of this recording, we cannot confirm or deny whether or not shitplay will still be allowed on OnlyFans, as they are now banning all sexual content. Oh, fuck. <laughs> 
I'm going to have to update my subscriptions. I don't know. So I think a lot of, yeah. Like, hey, Art. Yeah, what's up, David Childress? Are you interested in doing some research with me in South America? Maybe near Lake Titicaca? Titicaca? <laughs> Is that Titty? a lake full of birds? Titicaca? Caca? If it's a lake full of birds, caw caw, I'm not coming. Oh, you'll be coming. <laughs> all right, David Childress, I've had about enough of you. You're calling, you're probably taking up all my minutes. Yes, I still have a phone plan. The bunker plan still goes on minutes. And those don't roll over. We don't have rollover minutes. Can you believe that? Jeez, wow. Have you considered have you considered <laughs> starting up a plan with David Childress Wireless? <laughs> Okay, so add fucking cell phone provider, wireless service provider, wireless to your list, wireless service hardware and accessories. Wow, the hardware and accessories too. You're not getting those from a vendor. No, my own bespoke designs. Wow. Well, I guess maybe we might have to get a David Childress telephone here in the bunker. It's it looks like a walkie-talkie that's shaped like my head, <laughs> and you talk directly into my mouth. My mouth is open. <laughs> And that's where that's where the speaker and microphone are. <laughs> so it's kind of like you're kissing you. You can use tongue. <laughs> it is water resistant. It's both saliva and shit resistant. Oh God, I don't want to know where those phones have been. I want to see them in the packaging. Don't worry, I abuse them at the factory. There's strict abuse testing. To make sure that they meet the high quality standards of David Childress Wireless. Well, bug fuckers, if you're thinking about switching your wireless plan, David Childress Wireless will let you connect from Oumuamua to Lake Titicaca. David Childress, uh, thanks for calling in. I'm sorry that you get to talk to Andy. He's a big fan. Wow. Good for him. Sounds like a smart guy. And I certainly wasn't at a weird meat-themed birthday party with him earlier. <laughs> okay. But I'm, starting to, love, I'm starting to understand how you got our number. But I'd love to meet him sometime. Yeah. As long as he brings the saran wrap. Ha, ha, ha. Wink. Oh, fuck you, David Childers. That's our bit. Loudly, audibly winking is our bit. Don't steal that. Wink. Stop it. All right, I'm hanging up on you, David Childress. You sick fuck. Bye. Goodbye. All right, goodbye. Jeez Louise, bunkfunkers, that was wild. Oh. Hey, hey, Andy. What, hey, what did I miss? Andy. Oh, boy, do I feel better. Oh, my God, I shouldn't have eaten so many olives and mayonnaise. You have some cuts. explaining to do. <laughs> Why? What happened? David Childress just called. David Childress? Yes, the that famous, was David Childress. The famous author and publisher. Cell phone provider. Wow. Boy, wouldn't it be crazy if he made his own cell phones that look like his face? Andy, huh? Did you did you strike a deal with David Childress and put our business on the line without telling me? <laughs> what are we talking about? Andy. Hey, I'm gonna have diarrhea again. Oh, god damn it, bunk funkers. This could be the end of Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. David Childress, you're tearing me apart, David Childress. Oh, it's no big deal, Art. He's a good guy. Andy, you went to a meat-themed birthday party with him. Yeah. Yeah. A meat spin. Yeah. It was the meat spinner's birthday party. 
Anyway, I don't know what kind of weird shit Andy is getting up to uh, with David Childress, but uh, he hey, did look, have some interesting thoughts look, on I have my own life. Okay. We'll see. He did have some interesting thoughts on Oumuamua. Oh, he's got some interesting thoughts. All right. <laughs> what do we make of this idea that it's a UFO or a extraterrestrial Andy? You cannot flat out deny it. You can't deny it. This is not like this is not like these things that uh, you know. I mean, this is one that's that's you can't deny it. Um, can't deny it. Can't pretend. I thought you were the one. Yeah. There's just no way to say like, oh, we don't have a. I mean, there's good explanations, I guess. You know, like the nitrogen iceberg. That's a fun one. Very good, fun explanation. Very astronomical. Very interesting. That's accounts scale. accounts for that. Uh, you know, loss of mass. Going through the solar system. Yeah, we don't know what this thing looked like when it first entered. Right. We only saw it on its way out after it rotated around the sun and shedded a lot of mass. Right. So it likely did not look, I mean, we don't know. It could have, I don't fucking know. Didn't look like a turd. But then again, we don't know. Who knows? Maybe that's part of an extraterrestrial craft design is to like encase everything in liquid frozen nitrogen so that you can naturally boost. Maybe. This thing is... Um, Simple enough that it it it, it isn't so sci-fi that uh, you know you don't need to really stretch the imagination that much. No, no, you don't. I mean, it's like there's no there's nothing compelling to tell us this is for sure something extraterrestrial, but there's nothing compelling to tell us this definitively is not. There's nothing to say definitively either way. That's the kind of topic you love because you don't have to make. I don't. I can say can whatever never the, be wrong. I can say whatever the fuck I want and it doesn't matter because nobody knows. And I don't know and I don't have to know. We might know next year. We might, might know, next, know, year, know next year. But I got time, baby. I'm 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 playing with house money at this point. Oh, they can't pin me down for another year. I can say whatever <laughs> the fuck I want right Andy now. Andy just doesn't want to get got, but we, we Oh, have... nobody's gonna get got I'm not gonna get got. <laughs> Except on all the other topics on which I've gotten got. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's even though we've been uh, horribly wrong on certain topics and had uh, plenty of people write in and tell us that we were wrong. Yeah. But you don't, uh, you're not going to, you hate when you get got like that. Yeah, I hate when I get got. I don't like to get got. Well, I don't know. Andy, should we get to verdicts? No, well, let's get to verdicts. All right. I'm excited to see what you think. Could be, I mean, I guess we need to give our verdict on which one we think is the most and, or you can split them up between the three. Yeah. I think I'll just go with the one I like the most. Sure. Um, and then I'll rate that on the plausibility. Yeah. Um, this is like our own local standard of rest, uh, the bunker scale. <laughs> yeah. But a lot more easier to understand, I think. Yeah. Because it wasn't developed by eggheads. <laughs> Slightly easier to understand. Yeah. Um, plausible plus, it's an iceberg made of nitrogen. Wow. Splintered off through regular astronomical bullshit. Uh, from a planet where there's nitrogen icebergs and then it just floated its punk ass all the way to our solar system did a freaking sick trick around the sun and <laughs> got the fuck out of here um but i mean if i was going to rate everything else i would probably be close to i would probably pretty much be plausible wow like i would not be in the red on anything wow there's, i wouldn't even be on the red on extraterrestrial wow because how could i say no how could you how could i say oh i don't believe that it just would be because oh i just don't believe extraterrestrial life is visiting us but they didn't really visit us no you know what i mean no 
it seems like this could be an unmanned thing. Yeah. Just a probe. That One of their no, Voyager ones. They just launched a thing out here. And yeah. it, this is just what it's supposed to do is collect some data and send it back. We don't know what it looks like. Yeah. We've never seen it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, this you is can, all, it's all a hypothesis based you, on lights. Yeah. You can see some like artist's renderings of it, but oh, yeah. there's no photographs. Right. There aren't, a, it's not a photograph. If you see an image of it, yeah. it's an artist's rendering. It's what somebody imagines based on what they know that the data. it looks like. We don't know. We don't know. We think it's this big oblong thing, this big old space turd chunking through the, the galaxy. We don't know. And it's going too fast and it's too far away for us to ever catch it. Yeah. So see ya. Adios. <laughs> Muchacho, um, which is, I mean, that's why this is that that fun because, yeah, you're right. It, it's not about us. It's just it could have been one of their probes to go find our son and yeah, see what's this, up and take information yeah, in. Yeah, this could have been uh, the extraterrestrial Liam Neeson. <laughs> it's out here trying to find our son. <laughs> it's got a certain set of skills. Yeah. So what if if it is a nitrogen-based Pluto-like planet, how did it blow up? Decaying star? Oh, it's Harrison Ford. Give me back my son. Isn't that it? From what? I don't know. Which movie is that? Patriot Games? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. Air Force One? Air Force One? I don't know. Sure. Give me back my son. Motherfuckers, let us know. No, Air Force One is like, ah, this is my plane. Give me back my plane. Give me back my Chewy. How did your how did your Pluto planet blow up? Is it asteroid or decaying star? Uh, I like the idea that it was like a big asteroid or something. Like it collided with something else, and that's what shot this huge chunk off. That's neat. I like a collision. That's fun. Because you're you know, destructive. Yeah, I like the destructive of it. Fun stuff. A little destructive. Um, because you true. think about it, then it could like spin off. You know, it doesn't. Depending on what the local uh, gravity situation is like, you know, maybe the the velocity of this thing is just so great. It's such a huge thing that it just starts whipping around end over end. And it just is like, I'm piecing the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know, we don't know what the exact size is either. Let me just no. re- reiterate that it could be a hundred to 400 meters long. Yeah. And we think 10 times longer than it is wide. Right. We don't know. Right. <laughs> Which is fun. It's just fucking wild. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, we won't know for another year. So I, you know what? I'm going to have fun with it. I'm going to go plausible. Plus it was a extraterrestrial probe. Very nice. Why not? Yeah. How I often- wouldn't want this thing up my butt. <laughs> <laughs> or would I? <laughs> All right. Go hang out with David Childress some more. As with your scat freaks. Skeet that doodly dow. God damn it. Um, how often do we get a scat chance man. To ever actually say, like, yeah, this could potentially be a fucking extraterrestrial object. You we don't really get that chance we don't get often. We do it a lot. You well, really, we get the chance a lot. Well, we do. I choose to not do that. But, 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 I mean, one that has, like, the openness and the evidence that this one has. This is one of those which I love because even people who are in the know are like, we don't fucking know. <laughs> like, nobody knows anything. Yeah. They're just like, here's what we think. Yeah. But nobody knows. And a lot of people don't like what Avi Loeb is saying. They yeah. don't agree with him. Yeah. But maybe it is because I they're mean, too close saying, like, oh, this is definitely extraterrestrial. No. It's just saying, be open to the possibility he's that saying, it is. He's saying, consider all the possibilities. Then you have to, it's almost like simulation theory, where it's like, if it's not A, it's not B, then it has to be C. It has yeah. to be something. Yeah. We know there's something because we observed it. Right. So we know there is a thing. Right. And it we doesn't don't behave know. like a comet. Yeah. It doesn't behave like an asteroid. If the shoe fits. Yeah. 
If it quacks like a duck. It's like it's a good point on bias that, you know, you have a bias that you don't believe that that's happening or that that's possible. Right. But is is it is it good? Is it good bias to have that? You know, I don't know. I don't get this opportunity very often, so I'm going to take it. I'm going to say, yeah, Yeah. extraterrestrial probe, checking out our sun and it's headed back to whatever fucking, uh, I don't know. Where the fuck it's going? Sun, 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 sun. Ooh, oh. sun, sun. I thought you were going to do sun, sun, sun. Here it comes. No. I wasn't going to do that. Then some obscure Beach Boy song instead? No, this is a song by the Sunrays. The Sunrays? Yeah. The band that Murray started managing to spite his children. Oh, Andy. I hope you and David Childress have a lot of fun hanging out together. We do. Oh, you admit it. Oh, no. You were at a meat-themed birthday party with David Childress. All right. I might have been. Look, I hang out with all the movers and shakers, okay? These are people that have literally. (laughs) All the big people getting into the wireless phone game. All these people who have eaten too much meat to sit still. (laughs) That's who I hang out with. The movers and shakers. Well, here's the thing, Bunk Bunkers. I think we know what hashtag we're going to need to use, but. Those were our verdicts on Omuamua. Let us know what you think. Use the hashtag meat-themed birthday party. <laughs> okay, yeah, we were going to say the same thing then. I assume that's where you were going. Use the hashtag meat-themed birthday party. Let us know what you think about Omuamua. Is it alien? Is it iceberg? What the heck is that thing? What is that? Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram, at mrbunkerpod. YouTube Hey, us. it's me, Jim Gaffigan. What is that? Oh my goodness. He thinks that it's an extraterrestrial. That's so weird. I would thought it was a hot pocket. Hot pockets. Also that thing had ketchup on it. Is that his other voice? <laughs> Jim Gaffigan's great. Yeah. Um let us know YouTube, YouTube, Mr. Bunker Pod, and if you feel so inclined, you have the means to do so. Find us on Patreon, support us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker Pod. Get two extra episodes a month of really fun content and in our debunked. It gets wild. It gets crazy. Um, it's wet. It's wild. It is. It's weird. Get access to the Bunker Discord. You can chat with Andy and I and other Bunk Funkers. The Bunker Newsletter mm-hmm. every single month. Behind the scenes access. Mm-hmm. First dibs. Mm-hmm. And if you're a $10 patron, you get a free poster. Free poster. And it's not pictures of us. And it's not pictures of us. Unless you ask for it. Unless and then even then. It. We might not do it. <laughs> it's true. So, um, yeah, let us know, Bunk Funkers and uh, Andy. What else do you have to fucking... Uh... Hey, this was a great topic. Umumu, uh, come back soon because you were pretty cool and we'd like to get to know you better. Come back, Umumu. We miss you already. Yeah. We, uh, you know, we'll keep the light on. Unless you don't we come back. We love when you show up, but... What's the... We love... We, but love, we love to watch you go. We love, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we love looking at your ass, Umumua. And we'd like to see more of it. Well, speaking of asses, for not the t- If t- I wanted to be a space turd, <laughs> that's what I wanted to be. And now that I am a space turd, nobody cares about me. Wow. <laughs> Meatloaf. No, it's Harry Nilsson. Oh. Hey, mother, won't you bring me back down? i it just as much as I can. I thought it was meatloaf. You sound like meatloaf. <laughs> Is that just maybe you? Yeah, that's just me. Well, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my nickel. But for my nickel. 
co-host, mm. Andy Hart. Mm. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Happy birthday, Mortadella. <laughs> it's a birthday party for meat? That's what it was? A birthday party for meat? Yeah, what did you think I meant by a meat-themed birthday party? Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.